Today's episode is made possible by my affiliate partnership with the toxin-free beauty brand, Crunchy. That's Crunchy with an I. With all the talk these days about parabens and sulfates in our beauty products, it's hard to find a brand you can trust. And let's be honest, it can be annoying to read the back of every label before you buy something. And then you have to wonder, is it actually going to work? Who has the budget or the time for all of that? I definitely don't. That's why I love Crunchy. I don't have to read labels and I don't have to worry about toxins. Ready to make a safe swap in your beauty routine? Check out my site at crunchy.com slash Monica Miller. Monica, you know I love when we do our spotlight interviews. Yes. And today is no exception. This is the one friend who has all the best parenting advice. So today, everyone, we are talking about that one friend, the one friend that Monica and I share, and her name is Kristen Schmoke. I know both Monica's from the great state of Michigan, where I grew up and went to college and then got married and had two children and moved off to Southern California, where my we currently reside. So we live in Pasadena, California, and now have four children. So we've got 17, 16, 11, and nine years old. So it's a busy household. But yeah, I got my, my degree in education, went on to teach and loved it and had a great time, stayed home with kids for a while, went back to teaching. And my last stint teaching full-time had me realizing that I really wanted to help in more ways. And I felt like by having a more public platform rather than just confined to a traditional classroom, I could make more of an impact. And I just noticed that there was a bigger need in our children now than there was maybe when I first started teaching. And maybe some of that is because when I first started teaching, I didn't have children of my own. So I had no idea. Okay. <laughs> right. So much more experience and uh, understanding and compassion and empathy all comes when you have your own child. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, the reason <laughs> that child hasn't had their fingernails cut in three weeks is because <laughs> their mom is underwater, you know, like, right. right. I remember judging a little first grader, like, ew, their fingernails are so gross. Cut their fingernails back when I was single and didn't have children. And and now I'm like, when's the last time you cut your fingernails? (laughs) Right, right. I do know that as a pre-mom, if you will, I had everything figured out. And now as an actual mom, I realized I have nothing figured out. That's so true. And I think, I think a lot of parents feel that way. A lot of parents feel that way and they feel really frustrated. In fact, that was one of the things that kind of pushed me into doing what I'm doing is sitting in a parent-teacher conference and parent after parent coming in and just saying, well, I'm not a teacher like you. I should have gone into education. I should have gone into child development or psychology or, and instead I went into business and I don't know anything about kids. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. You don't have to have a degree to know what you're doing. Cause I had a degree and I still didn't know what I was doing at times. A lot of this comes with life experience. I've been through a lot. That's, that's why I'm, I'm here. I love that it was laid on your heart and you went for it because I'm sure that that was a different adjustment to take yourself outside of the classroom where you are the expert to this whole new world where you're on the other side and you're having to convince people that you're the expert through your actual actions, knowledge, and what you've been offering. And I would have to say from being in your group called the Parenting Village, it's on Facebook that 
I do feel like you are a resource. I just added someone to your group today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I definitely feel that. When you're a teacher, your students come to you automatically. You don't have to convince them that they have to come to first grade or to fifth grade. <laughs> they show up, right, every day. And parents turn to you as an, and ask for help. But when I switched over to this, that's been definitely a big change for me is trying to find the people that want to hear what I have to say or mm-hmm. ready to hear it and convincing them that I actually know what I'm talking about. So we all went to college together and we know that Kristen got her, uh, did you get childhood education degree? Is that the the degree that you got? Yeah, I got elementary education was my major in college, which is a strange major. Most places don't have that as your major. Do you have any additional training or education that you bring to the parenting village? Yeah, of course. So I went on after college to get my master's degree and I'm a certified health and life coach, a certified mindfulness instructor. kind of a education junkie. (laughs) (laughs) I love this out of the box thinking that you shared with us earlier about you saw this need and you took the leap of faith to, to bring it all to us. So what are some of the things besides the Facebook group that you offer to parents? I do love the community. I have privately messaged you questions that I'm unwilling to ask publicly, but have wanted to kind of poll. And thank you so much for sharing that. But I see lately that you've been doing some master classes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. The masterclass is like a small group learning opportunity for parents and you have to sign up. It's it's a course. It's eight weeks long. We meet once a week over Zoom and I teach a little lesson and then we, we talk as a community about how to either implement that or what's going on in your home. And these are the things that I could suggest to you to try or what are some things that other people in the group might suggest. And so it's just a really nice opportunity for parents to recognize that they're not alone. Parenting can feel really lonely and can feel really shameful and guilt-ridden. And there's a lot of judgment from other parents. Yeah, You know, you kind of sometimes don't share the things that you might want to share with your close friends because for fear that they may judge you or even your family, you're out, you know, your extended it's true. family. Yes. So this is a small group opportunity and everybody's like-minded in there. They're going for the same goals right now. We're working on communication skills in the home. I do offer one-on-one services for parent coaching, but then on top of it, because I do love working with children and my overall goal is actually to change the outcome for kids. But I Mm. recognized in order to do that, I had to get to the parents. I love that goal. Change the, change parents' mindset on parenting and how to approach certain things when it comes to communication and raising children and expectations and child development and all of that that goes with it. But I also teach mindfulness to children, one-on-one or small group settings. You know, like if there's two or three children in a family, I'll, I'll do a family together. And I, I actually do academic tutoring too. So I'm kind of kind of all over the boards, uh, but I like to keep my hands, you know, working with the kids because that, that really fills my heart. And then I love helping the parents and watching them have success in their home is just mm-hmm. elating for me. I, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm floating when, when that happens. Like you need your own podcast, Kristen. (laughs) Maybe someday. (laughs) Maybe under the two Monica's umbrella, we can bring you into our fold. That's right. Ooh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. 
Something I've noticed on your community that you did recently that I thought was pretty cool. And if you could just share a little bit today, I would love that as I have an 11 year old girl, just like you do, which means we have a collection of poppets anywhere from zero to 150. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) you showed something really cool to do with the poppets with, I believe, mindfulness for the children. And I just thought it was remarkable. And if you didn't mind just sharing briefly what that was with everybody. I'm so glad that resonated with you. That's perfect. I feel like probably every home in America now has at least one poppet in their home. Yes, we do. If you don't know what it is, you're going to have to Google it. You're Mm -hmm. behind the time. I'm sure everybody has one. So what I talked about was either repeating a mantra. Uh, Maybe you and your family are are working on a mantra. So if your child is suffering from, you know, low self-esteem in a specific area. So I'll use my daughter as an example. She has a French test today and she was really, really worried about French. And I just said to her like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to practice saying this to ourselves. We're going to say, I'm going to show up as my best self today. going to show up as my best French, my best French student. And so she was just going to, that was her mantra. She was going to repeat to herself. And I said, you know, that that's going to help you perform on your test. And that's going to be, that's going to be fine. You're just going to know that you did your best and that'll be good enough. My best is good enough. What you would do is you, you pop it in and you take a deep breath in, blow it out. And you say, I'm showing up as my best self today or whatever your mantra is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe your mantra is challenges help my brain grow. And you, you do your pop it and you want to do the same mantra over and over again okay. so that it gets solidified in the brain. Right. And then it's an easy mm-hmm. thing that the brain reaches for. So if you start going down that wrong track of like, oh, French is really hard or mm-hmm. I'm not good at French, you go, oh, no, I'm just showing up as my best self today. I'm doing the best I can with my French. And so then it's kind of a, it becomes a default, which is a much better default than I'm a horrible French student. Right. So yeah. you can also do just breathing deep, just taking deep breaths with each one as you I do might each have to one. start using that with Logan when he gets really upset. Well, it's an opportunity to focus on something something mm-hmm. that yes. so you can see it inside, you can push it, you're breathing. So you're doing lots of connecting there. But Monica, you actually just made a mistake that most parents make by saying, oh. I'm going to do it with them when he's really what? upset. So a lot of parents try to do this when their child is at the most needy, right? When they're having that ultimate meltdown, okay. which is the mm-hmm. exact wrong time to bring it in because they can't listen to oh. you at that time. They can't function. They're, they're operating sure. from their primal brain, their caveman. So I always say like grunts, groans, and food. That's all they can handle right then. Okay. So we want to teach it to him when he's calm, because then when he's calm, he can practice it. And when he starts to get a little elevated, that's when you bring it Mm -hmm. in and then it will avoid the big meltdown. Does that make sense? So you, you teach it when he's calm so that he can avoid the meltdown and use it to calm himself down. Yes. And because your guy's still pretty little, there would be a lot of no from you. You're like, oh, I noticed that he's starting to get a little bit elevated mm-hmm. in his emotions. Let's pull this out and try this now. Let's remember mm-hmm. to go back to that. Cool. As they get older, they can start to recognize it themselves. But yeah, teach it to him when he's calm because that's the best time the brain can learn is when you're calm. Makes sense. I think that this is a good time to segue into something that Monica and I had planned. And that was for her to just ask you a few questions about Logan and tell a few fun stories. This kid, she has me rolling almost daily with Logan and his antics.
Oh, Logan. He and is my biggest challenge. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're going to play a little game called Who Done It, And then maybe you can help <laughs> me figure out how to avoid these mysteries that I have in my house. <laughs> okay. I'm on a phone call learning about some weight loss, whatever, which doesn't matter. Monica cut that out. So I'm on a phone call (laughs) and, you know, I tell the kids, I get both kids home. I give them snacks. I just say, hey, um, I need you two to play quietly in your rooms because we just moved into a brand new house. So they have their own rooms. I figure if I separate them, they won't fight while I'm on this call. The call ends about 30 minutes later. And I walk into a bedroom. My daughter's there holding a bottle of something in her hand. And I look around and there's bubble juice that was poured onto the area rug. Who done it? My daughter or my son? And then what should I do about it? Because I will tell you, I lost my ever loving mind. Because it's been one thing after another in this brand new house. It's not the house's fault. It's a lot of other things. But I'm like, I don't need another mess to clean up. And oh my gosh, like three bottles of bubble juice just poured in these boxes that aren't actually boxes and all over the rug. So for sure it was your son. Yep. (laughs) 100%. Second of all, I'm sure your daughter was standing there with the bubble juice in her hand with a shocked look on her face. Like, I don't don't know how this happened. (laughs) It wasn't me. And that's the best part. She's such a tattletale. But when it really matters, she's like tight-lipped. Yeah. Yeah. Logan looked at me. Logan touched my toy. Logan, Logan, Logan. I'm like, Sienna, why didn't you say anything to me? Yeah. Well, because she was also trying to follow the rules. You told her not to bother you. (laughs) That's true. Right. So she was following the rules and, and he wasn't, and she really followed them to the nth degree, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which didn't benefit uh, either one of you or, or them. Yeah. So I guess my question to you was, have they ever before had to play in their bedrooms alone while you've been on the phone or while you've been doing something like is, is a quiet time, a normal routine for them yes. or was this a new routine? Quiet time is totally normal. What they is not normal was- is having boxes of stuff that I don't know what's in the boxes because mm. we haven't fully moved in. Yeah. So normally that bubble juice would not be in his room. I can totally relate to your response to it. I always call that exorcist mommy is like when my head starts. Oh, oh yeah. Like I really <laughs> feel like that's, that's the moment when like, you've lost everything because the reality is you were trying to do something for yourself. You're under a lot of stress and trying to move. And you know, in this moment, I would just say, give yourself a little bit of grace and just be like, you know what? I didn't behave my best way. But after that, I always Mm -hmm. tell parents, it's really important to go close the gap. So after you calm down from that moment, there's nothing that's going to stop that. Like, like that was a trigger for you. It went off. It it's done. Forgive yourself, but go back to them and let them see the healing process. Just, and a lot of, this is new for a lot of parents actually apologizing to your kids and recognizing when you have a shortcoming in your humanness. So when you Mm -hmm. go to them and you say, you know how mommy like just yelled at you over the bubble juice, I'm really sorry. I didn't want to yell. I didn't mean to yell. I was, I was just feeling really frustrated that it all spilled on the ground. Can you guys help me think of a way to clean this up? Maybe we can clean it up together. Okay. Love because that. I, oftentimes we ask our children to apologize, right? But they never actually mm-hmm. see us apologizing. That's a very good point. It's oh. a very good point. Okay. Last one. And this is a real whodunit because I don't know who done it. This morning, as I'm getting ready, I look at my white or cream colored chaise lounge, which has now been destroyed by my children with one spill or another. And I'm like, that's weird. I don't remember it being as marked up. And so Paul comes over and he's like, yeah, those are new. I'm like, who do you think did it, Paul? He's like, well, I've got one guess. I'm like, I have one guess too. But when the kids come home today, we have to figure out who done it. 
how would you approach a situation like that? Because neither of us really knows. Logan is by far the more curious and he's younger, right? Sienna mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. had two and a half years of me telling her pens and pencils and markers are for paper, not walls, not furniture, you know, and Logan is just, he's only had a year of holding pens and pencils. So my thought to you is one, does it really matter who did it? I mean, no. it's not, finding out who did it, is that going to change the result of no. there being pens on the, on the thing? No. So really trying to find out who did it is not the big picture. The big picture is preventing it next time and getting it cleaned up, right? So we yes. wanted to actually kind of change our parenting view from problem-oriented okay. to solution-oriented. So okay. let's look like, and, and I would even bring both kids in and, and not point the finger because what happens mm -hmm. when we point the finger at one child over and over again, they actually start to embody that personality. Oh, well, mom sees me as the bad person or I'm just the yeah, bad person. Yeah, I definitely person. don't well, want to do that. Well act like the bad person. And, mm -hmm. and that, that can be a thing. I'm not saying it is in, in your house, but I'm just saying like long-term that can be a thing. Mm -hmm. But I, what I would do is I would bring them both in and be like, hey, so I was cleaning today and I noticed, I noticed all these marks on here. Can you guys come up with a way on how we can fix this? How, uh, like, I really need help cleaning this up. And then like talk about like, where would be a good place we could use our pens? And sometimes they rat on themselves <laughs> they'd be like oh, okay I was climbing on this and I and the pen just opened on its own and I didn't know how to stop it and I didn't know I mean and <laughs> or they they might not even totally know that they did it especially yeah. with Logan as being as young as he is he might not have even noticed that he like pushed the top of the pen down to put the, the tip out right and he, he might not have even known he did it but I would just I would put it I, I noticed this is here. What can we do about this? Can you help me clean it up? Number one. Number two, I know you guys know where to use pens, but let's review. Where where do we use pens and pencils and markers? Oh yeah, we use them okay. on the counter. We use them on paper. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you guys know that because I know this couldn't possibly be you guys who did this because you know better. <laughs> okay, good. You know, you can kind of play it up. We must have a secret, you know, pen writing fairy in our house who likes to write on mommy's white couch. Okay. Let's hope that fairy goes away. That's right. <laughs> My, my favorite is we have a table in our house. It's like my only really nice table. And I came home one day to see mom etched in it. I was like, wow, wow, wow. I must have been sleepwalking last night because I scratched my own name into the table. Oh, you are a saint. The, oh my the gosh. Kids, the kids were all like, uh, Colton did it. Who's my youngest. And I was like, for sure, Colton did it. I know Colton did it. But the yeah. funny thing is, is that he wrote my name in the <laughs> that he was thinking about you one day right. he's he gonna so much. he's gonna climb a water tower and write mom on it exactly and i i kind of attributed it to like the mom tattoo <laughs> he's got a mom tattoo it's on my thing but now now that he's nine and doesn't do that it is kind of cute to go back and look at see how he wrote when he was three oh <laughs> I have tried to remind Monica that her children will outgrow this phase. I, I don't think she and then, believes me at all, but they will. They do. They and, do. And then you guys are making me more scared about middle school. Holy cow. <laughs> no, there's this beautiful time. It's about, I'd say age six through nine. You got a beautiful six, seven, eight, nine, where there's okay. not drama 
there not writing on your walls. It's it's a beautiful, I think, less dramatic time uh, that I've had with both of my kids. But then middle school, I guess, for little girls is insane. And then high school, boy or girl, it's just going to bring in all sorts of things that I felt completely unprepared for because obviously my child was perfect and <laughs> was very shocked when he wasn't perfect. And I was like, Aww. who is this alien that is now my son? But he knows that. And, um, you it's know, the reptilian brain coming out. Mom. It is something. So everyone goes through it. Um, but I was like, oh my goodness. Um, I'm just sorry. I remember to scare her with my teen and middle school stories. Just remember with each stage, there's beauty and yes. there's a part that you're willing to move on from where yes. you're like, oh, I can't wait for this to be done. But in each stage, like think of that baby. It was so sweet when they were yeah. sleeping in your arms and you're holding them and they smelled so good. Totally miserable when they were up screaming all night and you didn't get yeah. any sleep. There's positives and negatives to both every yes. stage. And That's really try to so focus true. on the beauty of it because it really is a beautiful journey. And if they don't have some of these roadblocks or road bumps, then they really don't get to learn them. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you learn them in childhood so that they can prepare you later on for life. And that's really important. If they miss out on some of these lessons, they're more rigid as they're adults and they don't actually learn them. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to have okay. some of these experiences. Yes. So All true. right. Well, that's the end of my whodunit. I have one other funny Logan story, but I won't bore everybody. <laughs> we <laughs> it's could the probably, one about the handprints. Yeah, I was almost going to bring up the handprints one. It's because I get all the text messages with pictures of <laughs> what has just immediately happened. And my bit of advice usually, and I've held this back, Monica, but I have one to okay. say. Yeah. Um, Stop getting white colored furniture. And <laughs> oh my gosh, we have a brand either. new. Oh, good. I thought it was me that was <laughs> I was going to tell her she just invest in a lot of bleach. Okay, Kristen, it looks like we did lose Monica. So we are going to go ahead and continue though. And hopefully she can hop back on, but there's a possibility she might. Now we came up with another fun little game to do together. And I call it Stump the expert. And you're the expert in case you, in case you're confused. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> do do um, I want to be, do I want to be in this? No, 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 you don't. Um, no, but so what I'm going to do in grand to Monica's in a microphone fashion is I'm going to read a funny meme from the internet, but there's going to be a little bit of a twist. Uh, we are going to want you to give us advice. So these are some memes that I pull, parenting memes, mainly mom memes of experiences I would say you have with kids from about toddler on to elementary school age. And I think that most of us who are parenting can relate. So the first meme here is parenting is yelling, you just had a snack over and over until you give in and throw them another snack. I feel like that is how my children got through their preschool years is just me feeding them snacks all the time. But is there something that parents can do to not have kids continuously ask for snacks or are they actually hungry? Studies are showing that they're actually thirsty. They're not drinking enough water or liquids. And so it actually turns up in the body as hunger. And so I kind of battle it by saying to my kids, well, you have to drink a full glass of water first, but my kids are older. So like, obviously if they're in preschool, 
probably, you don't, you don't want to do that, but make them have a couple sips of water first. It makes a lot of sense. Now my daughter, she never drank water. My mother-in-law was always concerned about it. Well, you know, the, she's very caring mother-in-law, but mother-in-laws have to be concerned that their daughters-in-law can raise their grandchildren. It's just, I someday I'm sure will be the same. She was always worried about her uh, getting enough liquid. And this makes sense because she wasn't, it was so hard to get her to drink. Even to this day, she doesn't like to drink a lot and neither do I. And I like that. Thank you for reminding me about that little tidbit to, to help myself. <laughs> yeah. But also keep in mind, a lot of snacks are just sugar-based. Oh, so for they sure. Go through, they go through the system really fast. They yeah. burn them fast. Yes. So pair it with, pair it with a protein of some sort. Oh, perfect. Um, whether that's like a peanut butter or a nut butter or mm-hmm. a little bit of salami or whatever your family views as protein and that's appropriate for your child at the age mm-hmm. they're at, but pair it with some protein and it's going to, my mom always used to say it, it'll stick to your ribs, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever that means, but yep. it'll fill them up better. Okay, perfect. All right. So here's another one that has to do with eating and feeding your children. No cookie unless you have five bites of chicken. Okay, no cookie unless you have three bites of chicken. Okay, I will give you the entire sleeve of cookies if you just lick the chicken. (laughs) Okay, so getting your, so we go from my kids want snacks all day to why the heck are you not eating the food that is presented to you at dinner time? Because first of all, we know that cookies taste better. For sure. Why would you want to eat the chicken (laughs) if you can have cookies? And it's a power, what you're doing there is you're engaging in a power struggle. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. There's free will involved and they, you can either threaten them to do it, in which case nobody feels good in the end, or they're just not going to do it. And then you're just going to feel really mad and probably do something that's out of a knee jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. And then you'll feel guilty about later on. So do you just let them not have dinner? You just let them not have cookies. Oh, I agree (laughs) with that. I'm like, why are you bringing cookies? into this, but my children sometimes just wouldn't eat at all. I know Monica, actually, if she had been on here, she had struggled with that with Sienna not eating. So I didn't know if you had any tips for that in particular, or if, or really honestly, what do you think of letting them go without dinner and then trying again? I was always, when the children were little, I would be more inclined to, okay, they're not eating. So I will try again later in the day, but Mm -hmm. for a seven-year-old, I would not do that. But for a little preschooler I definitely would yeah so there's a couple thoughts there one um the body naturally a a lot of times in our society we try to overfeed kids we're always trying we always always think that they're not getting enough food and really for their body they might just not be hungry they may have had enough food it's totally fine um you could try to move dinner time maybe back a half an hour maybe they had a huge snack um there's lots of things that come into play um another thing to consider is be like okay that's fine you don't have to eat the chicken maybe you're not hungry right now you're not going to have the cookie and 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 that's okay because that's a treat that's what we have after we eat our healthy food and we want to encourage eating healthy Mm -hmm. food but when you are hungry let me know and i'll be happy to serve you the chicken okay and that's and so you just kind of followed up and let them know like chicken's happening, whether or not you want (laughs) it now or you want it two hours from now, but you're not getting the cookie until you have the chicken because they're smart 
right? Yes. They, and, and they can hold out and, and maybe they just don't eat the dinner that night. And it's, it is fine. They're not going to, nobody's, nobody's hauling you off to social services for, for <laughs> right. one meal missed. Okay. Nobody's, they're not going to die because of one meal missed. Okay. Um, they'll probably be starving in the morning. Yeah. Sometimes what I, I used to do is I, I would only offer my children a banana. Well, the only other option is a banana. Okay. That's a good call. Um, just because bananas were good before bed. They have potassium in them. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to help you sleep. They're healthy. So I um, I was like, okay, the only other option is a banana. That, that's, that's what you get. Okay. I like that idea. I have another one here that is very appropriate to the times. And I feel like something that people battle. Sure. I could parent without screen time. I could also churn my own butter, but let's not get crazy here. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. could all turn our own better, but why would we? <laughs> right, right. So I think a lot of people's question would be how much screen time is appropriate or is there an appropriate screen time? Do you think it has to do with each individual kid in ages? And I don't need, you know, I feel like this could be its own episode in and of itself, yeah, screen time, sure. but just maybe a, a basic little little answer that you could give on that. Yeah, that there's so many different ways you could go with that. First of all, I'd just like to say nobody's getting a gold star or the perfect parent award by allowing your child to not engage in any kind of tech time. Are you sure? Okay, like, because I yeah, feel the, like people think that you get a star on social media, ironically, sure. on social yeah, for media sure. for yeah. your children not using a screen. <laughs> yes. The reality is screens are everywhere. Yes. Um, whether whether you try to keep your kid off it or not, they mm-hmm. are around. And your Correct. child's going to either be drawn into it from school, because even some preschools use iPads or computers. Mm-hmm. Um, it really depends on, you know, where you're going and what you're doing. And, and at some point, it just gets really hard to control <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, entirely, because then you can't ever have play dates. You can't, it really limits you, which is fine. You're allowed to allow allowed to take whatever path feels right for you and your family. But of course, I will say I like to take a realistic approach. And I personally like to, uh, I, we have set rules around our, at our house. So my younger two children are not allowed any tech time during the school week and they can get it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, they can get it for an hour. And sometimes if there's like a reward um, that's happening, like maybe they were amazing helpers or whatever, they can earn like a half an hour, an extra half an hour. I like but when, your children, when your children are really young, like two and three, and there's all sorts of scientific studies that say that really young children shouldn't be on it because that's the opportunity for them to be learning communication skills at, at its like peak. Okay. And, and they really look to humans for eye contact and for visual cues in, in how you move your body and voice intonation. And I mean, they even look at the dilation of your pupils and all of the stuff. And if they're going on a, on a device and they're learning, let's say Spanish, because I feel like that's what people <laughs> like to promote about their, their two-year-olds learning Spanish on an iPad. Therefore it's educational. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not actually gaining the education that you think they are okay. because it doesn't have that person to person interaction. It's a, it's a generated voice, right. That's coming mm-hmm. over. And really what they're getting is the visual stimulation. And that okay. dopamine hit. Oh yeah. That dopamine hit. We're always getting that from the screens, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they, they'd actually benefit from person to person. But if you are a parent and you're about ready to lose your ish on your kids and yeah. you need a break, I am not against it for you to say, you know what? I need 30 minutes. You guys yes. plug in. Yes. I need, I need to not talk to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We sometimes need a break. 
here's another meme and I found it quite hilarious. And then I'll ask you the question that it prompted for me. I've never wrestled a rabid raccoon on speed, but I have tried removing a splinter from the foot of a hysterical four-year-old. <laughs> so this is one that I came across with Lillian more than Brady. And I just don't think that she trusted me to take splinters out or cut her toenails or different things like that. Different body things that a mom or a dad needed to help her with. She was just did not want me to do. And that has been one of the bigger struggles. Now I don't have to help her with things as much anymore that now that she's 11, but what would your advice be? Funny you say that because I, my daughter just had an enormous splinter in her foot just like two days ago. <laughs> Children sometimes don't feel comfortable with certain things and that's okay because okay. sometimes as adults, we don't feel comfortable with things, right? Gotcha. So I can speak from experience in the way that like I had a makeup artist put mascara on me the other day, right? Mm -hmm. I would, I finally said to her, I said, can, can I just put the mascara on? Like, I don't like you putting the mascara on me. Like I felt like she was going to poke me in the eye, even though she had not ever poked me in the eye. I'd never been poked in the eye by a makeup artist before. I just okay. felt better by having the control myself. And that's okay. You know, I have looked at my kids and said, okay, we can do a couple things. Like, let's look at this one. We can leave it in there. It's a, eventually the body will kind of push it out if you kind of soak it in like Epsom salt and water okay. and take a bath and all this. My son had a splinter in his foot that was really good size for two weeks because he wouldn't let me get it out. And I took him to the doctor and they're like, well, we'd have to do, we'd have to do actual surgery on it. Oh, goodness. And I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> so we went home and we just kept soaking it and soaking it and soaking it a couple times a day. And eventually it came out enough that I was able to pull it out and he was ready for me. Sometimes we just have to get our head around it. You know, like okay. they're not, they're not ready. It's, it's a surprise. Sometimes you can say to them, well, here, why don't you try it? Why don't you try to get it out? And then they'll be like, no, no, no. I want you to do it. It's okay to slow it down and be like, well, let me know when you're ready and, and we'll take care of it. Eventually she'll be like, I want it out. Right. True. Okay. Okay. This next one I'm definitely guilty of. Your child asks you a question and you reply, mommy will think about it. And a narrator comes over. Mommy never did think about it. She knew it was a no all along and just wanted everyone to shut up. <laughs> So I definitely awesome. have been guilty of saying, I'll think about it. Mainly, it's such a strange thing that you don't want to tell your child no. I mean, you're you're the parent, you're, you're in somewhat of an authority over the household, but you still don't want to tell this charge of yours no. And for me, it's never been really about a tantrum that'll be thrown. Thankfully, my children overall haven't thrown very many, but it's just really been about not wanting to disappoint the child. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that if I'm going to psychoanalyze a little bit here, you know, that goes back to maybe boundaries that you're setting just in relationships in general, and just kind of want your take on that. Because I think that I've discovered over time is that, I, and this is something I think that parents miss is that we have, we're having a relationship with our child. We're having communication mm -hmm. with our child mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. each child is not the same. And to Absolutely. just kind of remember that. And then just to think that if I had talk to Zach about something. And every time he said, I'll think about it. I knew that was a no. I also feel like I wouldn't like that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it, it feels powerless. You feel like you right. have no really, no real influence in the outcome, but you also don't have the opportunity to change their mind. So what I would suggest to you is, especially because your children are older now, mm -hmm. but you can even, you can do this at age five, but I would say to them, you know, my initial reaction to this is no, like I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to do this or commit to this, but why don't 
why don't we take a little break? Why don't you go think about it for a little bit? And then we'll meet back. And why don't you try to convince me why this should be a yes? I'm not promising I'll change my mind to a yes. And then at least you're opening an opportunity for them to feel heard. And if it's something like big, they might have to go do research on why. That's a good idea. Why you should do that. And if they really want to convince her, my daughter has been on the, um, we need a bunny train. I mean, she wrote a persuasive essay. She, she did a bunch oh, awesome. of research. It was really awesome. And I, basically what it came down to is like, your brother's allergic to the hay Aww. that they have to have. And while I appreciate all of this information, I didn't actually know that he would, he was allergic to the hay. So that gave us information. We live in an area where they couldn't be left outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have to be indoors. I was like, but maybe when he goes away to college, it's something we can consider. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, she'll be coming back with another uh, paper I know. for you to read. For sure. But it was a really great learning opportunity for her. She was then researching other bunnies and trying to find some that didn't have to have the hay that he's allergic to and all this other stuff. You know, I would just say for them, just say, you know, it's a no right now, but why don't you convince me and see if we can see if we can come to a compromise or an agreement. Okay. And the final one I have, I think is more directed at you specifically, maybe something oh boy. that, yeah, <laughs> I just dry shampooed and Febreze to my kids on the way out the door. So no, I'm not really interested in your family's morning chore chart, Debbie. So I would like to comment on this. that obviously I read it in a super snotty tone, but that's how I feel those people are coming across. And they're feeling like when people share helpful tips and stuff that they're somehow being judgmental of how you're living your life. And I just wonder what you would have to say to those people or to people in general that feel like they're being judged when people are just trying to share the different ways to parent and be helpful, which is what I really feel like you do. What do you have to say about that, about like getting your kids ready and chore charts and mom? perfectionism and judgment and all of that just you know from your you are the head of the parenting village and you know what come to uh in that space for the rest of us parents wow that's a big one i think the reality is we all come to parenting from different experiences Mm -hmm. and different places in life and i'm out there catering to the people that are willing and open to hearing it there are definitely people who are not ready for help or don't want help or have felt shame in the past. You know, I, there have been some moms groups that are, are really hurtful to other women. Um, mm-hmm. and, yes. And they they, they kind of come with that, that chip on their shoulder, so to speak. That's, that's not really my audience. Um, I'm not out to convince you. Yes. Um, I'm, yes. I'm here if you want it. And I just want people who want it to come because, you know, it, the old saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. I'm, right. I, I'm I don't need to waste my energy on the people who aren't there yet. I hope and I pray and I I believe that someday they will get there. And I hope for their children's sake that they will get to be more open-minded. But what I notice from those people is they are predominantly parenting from a defensive position. Yeah. So we're back to a sports analogy. And I like to try to talk to parents about parenting from an offensive position. So let's prepare for what's coming ahead rather than responding to all the things that happen in our day. Such when a good idea. Dry shampooing and for breezing your kids. I mean, it happens, but that also means you didn't prepare for it. Right. 
because then it, it, that didn't just happen. Right. There's definitely something to that. The other day, Monica said to me when we were planning out some episodes, and this is maybe my piece of advice to some moms who've had to freeze their children. I've definitely been that mom. So funny. Um, <laughs> is that she, she was like, I can't believe she goes, wow, you're so organized. And which is kind of funny if you looked at my office, but I said, I take the time to be organized when I have the time because life does come at you and you're not always prepared and you can't always have the things done that you need done. So take the time when you have the time so that, you know, some moms who are for raising their kids, they might feel judged because they've got something going on. Right. And then other moms, like you said, aren't preparing. And so I would just tell anyone out there to go ahead and you know, just prepare when you can prepare. Yeah. yeah. Every day is not the same. And exactly. so you might, you might have a day like that, but if that day's your norm, then right. you might want to look at changing that. But yes. if that's your occasional, yes. that's okay. We all have right. occasional like days we can't prepare for. It happens. Right. Right. So, well, I would like to thank you so much for coming on today. What are some good ways that people can follow you on or off of social media? Yeah. So I would love for anybody to join the parenting village. It's free. It's on Facebook and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Kristen Schmoke coaching. The hardest part is spelling my name. It's Kristen with two two eyes and smoke is spelled like smoke only with a CH. I always say it's a little more fun. Um, <laughs> and coaching. Uh, Kristen, thanks so much for coming today. I th- thanks so much for having me. I think that Monica and I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours uh, about parenting and other things. You're just a lot of fun. I hope people do join the community and feel free to invite your friends. Uh, one thing I do like is what Kristen highlighted earlier and that it's a community full of people who are willing to learn and listen and share and grow. And so the community itself is just beautiful. And then of course it's fostered. Uh, by Kristen, I would say get on over there. And if you have some friends who are going through something, they there might be some things that they can learn there. I know I personally have. Thanks so much for letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in your cardio. We're happy to provide you with some entertainment about nothing serious, seriously. For extended show notes, please head over to our website, monicaspodcast.com. That's with the number two. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 2monicaspodcast and find us on Pinterest at 2monicaspodcast. If you'd like to connect with us directly, email us at 2 Monica's podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. That was fun. Today's music credits belong to Success and Inspiration by Raphael Crux and also Hyper Fun by Kevin McLeod.